Hey everybody, welcome back to the WWB Podcast And we got on, you know, my co-host when we talk about Raw and AEW and Thursday Night Smackdown From HBCW, Mr. Randall Now, unlike most Sundays uh, when we talk, um, your team's had a bad week. My team's had a good week. Uh, very lucky we got out of the hair of our chinny-chin-chin. My Ravens beat the Cleveland Doodoo Browns. And uh, what happened with your 49ers, man? I thought Christian McCaffrey's going to have a day, bro. Hey, man. I, uh, to quote uh, Anchorman, boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> Really got out of hand. <laughs> what was the keys to the, the game, though, that, that really got away? Because it sounds like, I mean, they put up 40 plus points on you. So, what happened? Well, you know what? They, the announcers actually pretty much laid out the problem is that, look, when you got Patrick Mahomes in the game, like, he could have a few bad, you know, uh, goes at it. But at some point, he's going to hit some dynamic plays. And he they hit some dynamic plays. And, like, I think that what they learned when they had, um, uh, oh man, what was his name? They just talked about him yes uh, earlier. Um, the fast, who was the fast receiver? Tyreek Hill. Yes, when they had Tyreek Hill, they were like, oh, well, we just need dynamic players on the team, and they just stacked the they stacked the offense with even more dynamic players that you know they already had the blueprint, so. They didn't need need to rely on one guy because now they got about three or four explosive guys like him. So, yeah, I mean, that's be the team to beat. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care if Buffalo beat them last week or whatever. But I mean, Kansas City to me is is going to be the team to beat. Yeah, he's the most athletic, bow legged, biracial person I've ever met. He is the most he, <laughs> super talented as a Ravens fan. I hate seeing him. But no doubt, Kansas City is tough. Well, let's hop over to the, the world of pro wrestling. We're going to talk about WWE Raw to start everything here, and then we'll work our way down. We had Seth Rollins beating Matt Riddle. We had Bobby Lashley um, getting and uh, Brock Lesnar beating each other up, getting people kind of tuned up and ready for Crown Jewel. We had the OC siding, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson beating the Alpha Academy. We had the Judgment Day challenging the OC to a match at Crown Jewel. We had Dakota Kai and EO Sky defeating Bianca Belair and Candice LeRae via pinfall. Interesting. The new rebranded Baron Corbin losing to Dolph Ziggler or defeating Dolph Ziggler. Dominic beating AJ Styles by interference. The Miz attacking Dexter Loomis. Um, quite a interesting Raw. Seemed like to me the theme of this Raw was to kind of get everyone excited for Crown Jewel. We know that's not necessarily their biggest viewership um, for it comes for the premium live events, but it definitely makes them a lot of money. Um, how did this Raw, my question to you would be, what did it do for you to get more excited about Crown Jewel? Anything or not much? I mean, they started off the show with Bobby Lashley in mid-sentence calling out Brock Lesnar. I mean... I think I said it last week. I'm like, look, if there's any match that I'd be interested in, it'd be that one, right? Yeah. So you saw what Brock did to Bobby Lashley, uh, what was it, last week? And then this week you have Lashley throwing Brock around everywhere. I'm like, you know, that's, that's 
that's the selling point right there. You don't need you don't need to know what the other matches are on the show. Yeah, that's that's definitely a must watch match. How did you feel about the new rebranding of Baron Corbin? Um, I didn't like it. I just thinks it's quirky. He definitely needed rebranding, but uh, you know, it was nice to see JBL. But I don't know about this character quite yet. I'm not sold. Well, what was quirky about it? Got that goofy ass hat. I guess is this still Rich Corbin thing going? Yeah, I mean they what he's still still happy. You know, they may not be calling him Happy Corbin, but he, his his story is that he still got a lot of money. I don't like and, it. I, I just hate the story in general. Well, okay, did you hate it when he was Fat Corbin? Yeah, I hated. I, I hated even more. Wait a minute, you hated Fat Corbin stuff? Can you tell me why? Yeah, it's just stupid. Do you, okay, okay, okay. This goes back to something like and the name, happy and, and and like it's so dumb, it's so corny, it's very, well, it's I very mean, corny. His name wasn't officially Sad Corbin, but <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay. So remember last week when I said, okay, with the stuff with MJF, how I was like, oh wait, was that last week? No, that was wait, was that this week? Oh, never mind, that was this week. We were talking about. Yeah, we hold we off on that. Yeah, yeah. I just but, thought okay, it was, go ahead. What I what I was trying to say is is like okay. Is it you don't like his delivery of it, or you just didn't like the material? I don't. Oh yeah, I love Corbin personally. He's a great performer, and great everything else. But the story was stupid as hell. It's very campy. It's it's on brand for WWE, but it, that type of stuff I don't like. That I just think it's corny. We all know he's got money. You know, we never know he's not broke. We I, I couldn't get into it. It wasn't realistic. It wasn't anything. That, wait, you can't believe that an athlete would invest into stupid stuff and lose all their money. That's true. I could definitely, I mean, it's definitely proven to be case, especially. And the thing about Corbin, again, yes, to a degree, everybody knows. It's campy, bro. It's campy, bro. But, but, but to a degree, everybody, (laughs) okay, no, no athlete's going to go broke. I I didn't buy the story when Shawn Michaels or the big show went broke, but we're talking about people who have been wrestling for 20 years at that point. Corbin, I mean, look, he's he's on the younger end of things. He might have a little bit more risk and stuff to him. We don't know if he has a family or not, or at least I don't know if he does not. It's plausible to me that a guy like that could invest in crypto or whatever. That's true. And lose a bunch of money being foolish. Like, that's a story that's reasonable to me. And the, and, and the thing I liked about him with that was his delivery of it. Because you can say what you want about it, but what... You know, he did what a lot of the guys in the 80s and 90s did. When he was going through that fad phase, you can believe that this guy did that. <laughs> like, that's that's what, I, that's what I liked about it. I can believe that this guy did that and this, this is the way that this guy feels. Yes, there's a bunch of uh, stuff that, you know, all the stuff that happens around him that becomes ludicrous and stuff. But as a story, I can believe that this guy lost all his money. I didn't like it necessarily when they went to the happy Corbin stuff because it's like, okay, so he loses all his money. Now, all of a sudden, he wins all of his money. Like, no, I didn't like that. But, you know, going to Las Vegas for a weekend and now he's got enough money to live on. No, that doesn't make sense. But losing money and then having to go to work, so he's going to work, but he's paying off debt at that point. That's a reasonable story to me. It's reasonable. It it could happen, but I just, and his his presentation was fine. I just don't like the story at all. I just think it's corny. I'm good on it. Yeah, I just thought it was corny. I'm one of those snobs. I'm a wine and cheese type of fan, you know? I like a little bit more development. 
there's a there's a lot of that out there when it comes to the internet and fan bases. Like every, everybody's all of a sudden went to screenwriters. <laughs> I want a goddamn Academy Award when I listen and watch my wrestling. I need Golden Globes. Goddamn it! I'm just joking. But, um, but that's what I every time every time I see reviews and stuff. The way that people the storytelling was three tomatoes, <laughs> three tomatoes, three tomatoes for me. Like like okay, so everybody who's a wrestling fan basically. Went to film school. Okay, got it. Cool. No, yeah, I get it. But not everything's going to land with everybody else. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, like Valvina's getting his cucumber uh, cut off. But anyway, uh, <laughs> okay. So then we're going to hop over to Wednesday night. We had uh, AEW Dynamite. I'm going to pull up my notes here. Um, no doubt, one of the better Dynamites when it comes to promos. It looks like, uh, to, 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 to say the least, AEW, uh, well, let's say this. MJF is on the is on a uh, he's on a streak of great promos, and um, give me one second. I'm trying to get my notes here. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, I really was connecting with this. Um, here we go. So let's talk about AEW Dynamite. Um, I'm going to pull up our list here, and uh, I, I really, we, we and you kind of texted and talked about it, but we're, now we're going to really break it down and uh, give some full context on it and everything. Um, let's go with, we well, had the, go ahead. But there's only two things to talk about with this dynamite. That's true. I, I know, I'm trying to long stroke, sir. Sometimes we got to ease our way into it. Okay, Mr. Randall, all right. <laughs> All right, let's, let's talk about Chris Jericho, Dalton Castle for the ROH World Nah, 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 anything but that. Anything. <laughs> 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 let's leave that one alone. Let's leave. Let's not. <laughs> let's not talk about that one. Um, so we had the. Uh, it looks like we had the. Um, I'm just pulling up all my stuff here. <sighs> we had. Let me see here. Uh, Death Triangle versus the best friends for the. I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to block it out of my brain, man. I'm. It's. It's, it's ruining my life here. Yeah. So Death Triangle. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just joking. Best friends and uh, yeah, Death Triangle gets the W. I don't care about this match. Um, typical AEW style match. A lot of throwing people all over the place. They get the oh, win. What to talk about? You want to talk about? Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida for the interim AEW Women's World Championship. Actually, I do. I, I like. Okay, so let's talk about Shida. Shida's back. Um, we, we, you know, in a lot of ways, people have been um, talking about AEW's women's division for quite some time. We've all been talking about it many months, etc., etc., etc. But I like the fact that Shida's back. It brings someone refreshing that we care about. Excuse me. She took the L to Tony Storm, but um. I really appreciate Sheeta. I think she's a great performer. Um, I, I never thought in any way, shape, or form that that uh, Sheeta would win. Um, and JD and Jamie Hader and Rebel attacking Tony Storm. So I guess it was trying to further along another storyline. But uh, what do you think about Sheeta? Do you, I mean, in my personal opinion, she's one of the best wrestlers on AEW's roster. Obviously, she's not a promo machine, 
But in terms of just in-ring performance, and, and actually, honestly, hold on, hold on. Let me take this back. She's gotten way better with her English, and she's gotten way better with her promos. It's funny. It's interesting to see how she's been off TV so long when she was showing some strides, in my personal opinion. What do you think about Sheeta, and what do you think about Tony Storm's interim run so far? Um, I don't want to be, but as far as her, her uh, interim world title run, like, lackluster, and it's not even it's not even about her. I said this way before she became the champion. What is it that I'm supposed to like about Tony Storm besides her look? She has a cool jacket. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, I mean, really, I, I, again, and I'm not trying to be misogynist when I say that. I, I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. Yeah, but they like, haven't. What you're saying is they haven't presented her with enough personality or story to really for us to care. They haven't even really talked right. about her from being uh, from and, Australia. And, 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 and I'm about to I'm about to say it's not just her, right? Yeah. With all the women out there except for Britt Baker and Jay Cargill, every woman on there is just, well, this woman looks like this. This woman looks like that. They they look different, so you should like them. Like, that's the only thing. And I, I keep saying that I just don't think that they're focused when it comes to the women's division. It's almost like somebody said that earlier this year or last year, that there was no focus in the women's division. Can you remember anybody saying anything like that? Who knows? But uh, it may be a nice strapping gentleman like myself, but uh, probably you or, two as or, well. Or, or maybe <laughs> someone that was big and swole. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. We, we got to do our annual big swole. But, she, she was right. But here's the thing. So, like, okay, I don't know anything about Tony Storm except mm. the way that she looks. Yes. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to rate look. I'm just saying the only thing I know about her is that I see her. Yeah. Other than that, why, what yeah. is her motivation for you, being there? What you is, haven't been given a real reason, motivation, story, anything about her beyond she's, you right. know. Right. You know, yeah. and, and here's the thing. Is, it's pretty much the same way. Like, she, she's. Um, hold she, up, hold up. I'll defend that. Uh-uh. She Sheeta had a little bit more in terms of, well, let's just say character development when she was going to go Tell for me three it. things about Sheeta. She had she, she, when she got her fifty wins right, and she and the Serena Deeb beef uh, was dope. I like her and Serena Deeb's beef. That was dope. No, 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 no. You're telling me things. That we, tell me three things about her. her personally. Well, there's nothing, absolutely nothing, I know about her person. I know she wrestled over in, in uh, overseas. That's it. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying personally. I'm not saying stuff that they wouldn't have said on the TV show. I don't know I'm much about it. You're right. Your, your point is, is proven true. You're right. Right. Oh, what what is it that I'm supposed to know about Riho? Who came back? Yeah. That's true. What what do I know about her? Besides, okay, she's I see her, mm-hmm. but what is, is it that I'm supposed to know about her to care about her? Yeah. With with Paige, see, this is the thing that happens. People rely, but they what I feel like they relied on, especially with the women who come from WWE, is hey, you know who this is? She was Look cool over there. Yeah, yeah. But but my thing is, is like when you once you get past that first couple weeks of oh, I'm so glad to see. Wrestler X, insert Ruby Soho there. Oh, I'm so glad to see Ruby Soho. She was done dirty over in WWE. And then six weeks later, what are we saying about her? Well, she's there. Yeah, but true. we don't know anything more about her. That's There's true. no development. That's and, true. and that's continuously the problem, and that's going to continuously be the problem because flooding the roster with women is, is not going to help you. You need to, under, you need to tell us about those women for us to care about them. Like, and, and you, you know, people compare the Attitude Era 
And and the Attitude Era isn't necessarily my favorite era, but it's the one that most people know because of ages and everything like that. But, I mean, if you go in the Attitude Era and you look at everybody on that roster, I can tell you something about every person on that roster that made them different from the other person. Yeah, that's true. And I don't have that when it comes to specifically the AEW women's position. I just see people, but I don't know anything about them to care about them. True, true, true. So we're going to move along. Dax Harwood, FTR is going to be getting some swerve in their glory uh, coming up soon. I like they they put that angle. That's a match that I want to see. I'm excited about it. Um, obviously, um, you know, I think FTR probably will get the W here unless Swerve does some dastardly things and continues to bring the the chasm that's growing between him and Keith Lee. But uh, this is something we want to see. And ultimately, hopefully, FTR gets themselves in a situation where they're in a tag the AEW tag teams are ones that they do get. Anything specific about this angle or this match that you're excited about or not? Pretty much. It seems like Swerve and Keith Lee are not on the same page. Is that what I'm visually supposed to understand? Mm-hmm. Why, why are they still tagging together? If they're not the champions. They're not defending their belts. Why would they continue tagging along with each other? Yeah. But, like, again, okay, it's a match between, I guess, I guess we'll call that two name teams that people know. So mm-hmm. that's something I can say at least they're trying with something, but that's the only thing I don't understand. It's like if these two guys are clearly not on the same page, why are they still tagging with each other? True. Good point. Good point. Okay. Well, let's hop into really the main event in the ring in terms of talking. We've talked many weeks, months, years of our lives about how when AEW tries to do anything beyond just wrestling, it can be a little difficult to watch at times. Not all the time, but at times. Here, we have one of the greatest promos in AEW history. And honestly, when we do the end of the year, it might be one of the top 10 promos in all of pro wrestling when we go back and look at it. Here are the reasons why I personally loved MJF versus Regal. And here are some issues I have with it as well. First things first, when it comes to promos, I mean, nobody in pro wrestling has that type of charisma and personality overall that MJF does. The dude knows how to hold a mic. He knows how to hold a segment. And no doubt in this performance here, when he talked about being an extra, when he talked about his email that Eagle that he received from Regal, when it talked about his motivations, when it talked about his, his mental state, when it talked about his desire to be the greatest wrestler uh, he possibly could be. And then when Regal, and, and winning the crowd over in a lot of ways, especially when you have him right in the middle of the show, when um, people, you know, could be getting a little restless. When you're talking about carrying a segment, this is a perfect example of what it means to be a superstar, not just in the ring, but out the ring. And a lot of up, up and coming wrestlers, a lot of people who are in wrestling can can uh, really pull from this situation. And I really love the fact that Regal was able to pull it back around after MJF gave his reasoning, his path to the championship, his path, his motivations. It was able to help us feel. I know MJF had talked about this in the past. I'm one of the very few wrestlers that make you feel. And I was feeling the feelings. And for Regal to talk about how he was at 16, get his face bashed in by men, I felt his frustration and aggravation about this millennial complaining and whining about an email that he received. And he talked about how he lit a fire under his ass and got him ready to go. 
No, and, and I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to hand, hand this over to you. I honestly was like, how is Regal going to be able to dig himself back out of this? Because honestly, when we think about William Regal, we think about being one of the greatest ring technicians of his time. We think about the British style wrestling, that, that the shoot style wrestling that they have, that, that British style presentation, that aggressiveness, that physicality. But we don't always think about Regal as being the greatest promo. He's definitely a great talker, but like a world-class promo. Um, He's not. If you if you ask most people, I wouldn't think that you would synonymously synonymously say Regal is a is the one of the top promos in the business. But no doubt, a master class between him and Regal uh, with the back and forth. Here's my specific question, Randall. When it comes to Regal and MJF, what did you like about it? But uh, and I'm gonna tell you what I was worried about. Worried about. It, are we expecting to feel that MJF is truly a heel? And I think Regal saved it by saying, if you really are a heel, if you really are going to get your hands dirty, then do it this way. I think he was able to save it, and but because the audience really started to cheer and love MJF, and it was hard to figure out in the middle portion of that if it truly was a heel or not. But I think Regal was able to save it. What did you like about it? You you know, obviously you go back to the 80s. Um, what... Should people who watch AEW get out of this, or people who are who are new to AEW get out of this, versus um, yeah? What did you take away from this promo? Um, like I told you, you know, when we first talked about it, MJF delivery. I mean, ten out of ten, hundred out of hundred, right? You know, A plus. His delivery is always going to be good. I mean. He could say anything out there, and those people will cheer because they're hearing it. As long as he sounds like he means it, people are going to react to it because he has that type of delivery. And William Regal, you know, you you said that you don't really haven't really ever thought of him as a top promo. Well, that's because he's rarely been a babyface. But those times when he has been a babyface, he's shown that he can talk with the best of them. It's just never been the role that he's needed to be in but as far as this promo i mean the delivery was fantastic mm -hmm. yeah. were you but were you expecting during the promo for because when you look at the momentum and how the crowd is responding i was like this is going to be hard for regal to pull out were you fully expecting him to be able to turn it back this way he did the way he did though yeah oh wow okay cool i mean i mean it's, another thing is remember People like Regal. People yeah. want to like Regal too, right? Yeah. When Regal was the commissioner, um, of, or G, whatever it was of, of NXT, like people liked him because he's always been, you know, not always, but in more recent times, he's been presented as the reasonable babyface authority figure in some way. And you know, in the story that he's basically said, he's basically saying, like, "Look, man, I I told you this." because you needed to have a little bit more motivation. Yeah, at the time, they couldn't take you, but I wanted to give you something that would make you continue to fight for what you want. That's basically what he said. So, I mean, like, well, when you flip that around, oh, because that's, that's all it was. Between the two of them, it's like MJF presented his case. And people were like, yeah, I like what you're saying. Now, oh, Regal gets on there, boo. Oh, you're going to have to say a lot to get us on your side. And then Regal presented a compelling side. And people were like, oh, well, when you put it that way, yeah, Regal, well, yeah. I, I have a question for you. Do you think there's any outside of Regal, who else do you think could be able to bring it back that way in AEW? Give me two people that you think or possibly could do that. Is CM Punk still in AEW or? 
where, where are we at? He's in that? limbo. Well, yeah, we can we can count him. So you think CM Punk is one? Okay. Um, and if, if I had say another person who could just turn it around like that, um, I mean, I think Moxley could. I mean, yeah, yeah. definitely. So I mean, those would be the two guys who. But but again, those are those are guys who the fans want to believe in when they're talking. And you have to get to that level where people want to hear what you have to say and want to believe in you and want you to succeed in order for the fans to be able to react re- react and respond. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. No question about it. Well, we're going to talk about We're not even going to talk about the, the Ring of Honor Championship. I could care less about that. Well, what you said, huh? you had some issues with it. You're leaving the people hanging. Oh, I don't have no issues with it. I just don't care. <laughs> No, I'm talking about with the Regal. With Regal and oh, no, no, I was just worried. I just, because it, 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 it had me feeling like, is he going face again or, or something? Or like, what are we really trying to do? But I think Regal saved it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we want to talk about the, the, the dangerous situation with John Moxley, um, the Buckshot Larry from Hell. Uh, or not the, Larry, not the Buckshot Larry, but the Larry from Hell, or Clothesline from Hell. Uh, Adam Page landing awkwardly, um, having to end the match awkwardly. Um, hit. How many times have you seen something like this in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a pro wrestling ring, personally in your life? Can you remember something like like someone getting concussed or being that hurt? Can you count on your hands or is it, what is something to come to your mind? Where, where I've seen somebody just couldn't continue a match? Yeah, and they had to just call, a, they just had to literally call a audible. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen that happen a few times. I've seen it, you know, there's, there's, a, there's different times when you're talking about different eras where, you know, sometimes in the past people didn't exactly know how to handle those type of things and they just kind of kept going on. Um, you know, I can give you like Kurt Angle at, uh, at, uh, SummerSlam 2000. I mean, they took him out, but they brought him back. But, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's happened a few times. Bubba Ray at, uh, in a ladder match, he got knocked out and Jericho basically had to walk him through the rest of the match after he became conscious again. Like I've seen it happen. I've seen somebody, do a dive. I've seen somebody in person at a show that I was on years ago do a flip dive over the top rope and missed his opponent and cracked the back of his head on the floor uh, and had to had to go to the hospital. So I mean, I've seen I've seen stuff happen in a wrestling ring that you know. And I've I mean, I can tell you from even in training, I can remember a guy doing a clothesline on me. And bringing me all the way down to the ground with his arm and the back of my head hitting the mat, and I didn't, I wasn't down like Paige was for a long period of time. But I mean, I definitely had that big flash moment where, it, if anybody's ever been hitting the head hard enough, they know what I'm talking about when I say that flash moment, where you know things kind of blank out for a second. So, Whew. you know, yeah. stuff happens. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not ballet. It's not ballet. A lot of people. So for all these people to continue to talk about, it, it's not real. It's a physical confrontation in one way or another. We're gonna hop over to WWE SmackDown, and I had sent you a text. I said I can't believe I'm excited to watch consecutive months back to back to back to back to back of SmackDown. Consistently must watch TV um, when we got a whole bunch of other shows, sports, uh, MLB playoffs, other things going on. Randall, I really like the fact that they're putting Solo Sokoa in these in these matches and, and new matchups, they're featuring this young man. They're really taking a young talent and their future future, my Baltimore accent, and they're featuring them 
in a way that it's like it's it's dope I, I you know some wrestling companies you know like you said they they people can get lost very quickly and i think something that can be said about the triple the triple h regime and the uh, the helm the hunter helmsley or uh you know what is his real name uh paul levesque yeah paul levesque era in uh, wwe um I see. I got a concussion too. Just talking about uh, concussions, uh, but the Paul Levesque situation. He has fresh matchups. He's not afraid to take younger pe- talent and people who's underutilized and really give them opportunity. Here's the ball. What can you do with it? And a couple of things that I put in my notes about Solo Sokoa, especially versus getting the victory over Sheamus as well, is that it doesn't look like it's a too big of a moment for Solo Sokoa. He doesn't look lost. He doesn't look like a starry-eyed uh, new boy. You know what I mean? Um, he's extremely agile for his size. He just, the presentation has been Fantastic, Mwah. magnifico. Um, what do you think about Solo Sokoa's presentation thus far, and, and what do you think about him and Sheamus? First time matching up as well. I think his, um, I think that his uh, presentation is well done. I mean, again, you know, he was in NXT and he was doing his thing there. But look, I'd be comfortable too if I was surrounded by my brothers and cousins. <laughs> so. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's set up for success, which is, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. That's a great thing. Like he's set up for success. He's, you know, doing everything that he needs to do to hold up his end of the bargain. And, you know, he's set up for good things in the future. Like, you know, next year, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins like the intercontinental, uh, or us title, depending on which one is on which show at the time. But, you know, he's he's doing everything that's needed to be done. And I mean, you know, dude dude is a he's he's, he's a, a stud. He's a bona fide stud, right? Yeah. Do you, what do you think the, the the ceiling is for solo Sokoa? Give, I mean, give me three years down the line. What do you think that the ceiling is for him? I mean, I don't think there really is a ceiling because Me neither. You know, he's not okay, you know, Roman's champion right now, but you know, that's right now. That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be three years from now. Those belts will probably be split again. So, I mean, like, there's no reason why he could, you know, grow, continue to grow and become a main eventer, right? I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't be, you know, some type of story where he takes over the bloodline and now all of a sudden, oh, there's a new threat and here's a new guy. What's the best way to make a new guy? Put the world title on him. So, Do you think he can uh, have a Kurt Angle-esque rookie year? Uh, you mean like winning all the belts within a certain time, or yeah. going to the world yeah. real quick? Um, I don't, I don't think it would happen that quick. A- again, you know, it, it would depend on how many belts there are available at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I I think that he has the opportunity to be in big seasons. No question about it. I think at least, I think if we talk about a year from now, at least the U.S. champion or or, or internet continental, if not once or twice. So, no question about it. He might be the face it's of that. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, as far as him facing Sheamus and having that first-time match, look, I don't know what the situation with Sheamus is. I don't know if he needed to go away for a little bit, or maybe they felt like, okay, we're going to add this into the story to take him out and give him a little bit of rest, which is also a good thing, by the way. But if that was part of the story, they gave it, they gave Sheamus to the right guy to write him out. For, you know, he can 
that's something that you can look, that fans can look at and be like, oh man, remember when he took out Sheamus? Like, yeah. that's something that kept to his credibility. And on top of that, it, and it kept Sheamus honorable because they beat the brakes off of him, hit him with a, with a chair. You're right, it's a way to, to really maybe give... Sheamus has been running hard, bro. He's been running hard. Yeah. So the brother, give get a brother a couple weeks off, no question about it. Um, we had uh, Bray Wyatt talking about... Uh, He's gonna he he will do horrible things. I always I really don't like when pro wrestling plays around with mental health stuff. Personally, it's just something I don't like. Um, I, I put in my notes. <laughs> I said uh, Bray Wyatt reminds me of like an emo Eddie Kingston. <laughs> you know, like an emo Eddie Eddie Kingston. So I don't know. I'm not I, I, I'm not sure what to make of it yet. To be continued. Any thoughts? I mean, look. Let's see where it goes. I mean, you know, he could be. I I have an idea of where it might be going, but you know, we'll just have to see. Yeah, I love, and also I loved in the back Rey Mysterio challenging Imperium, um, talking that stuff, and and um, I like the fact I like the I like Rey Mysterio refresh. You know how they do the subway? What is the subway refresh? Or something like that. Uh-huh. I like the Rey Mysterio refresh. I like it. He looks more, he just looks more, he looks like he got more pep in his step. I like this rebranding of Rey Mysterio. If anybody can talk about how he really put SmackDown on his back for quite a period of time, Rey Mysterio really did that. And it's nice to see him refreshed. He just, sometimes we appreciate, we, 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 we don't appreciate greatness when it's around so much. And I think this is something that can really help some in his legacy as he kind of goes on the back end of his career. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think that this is really continuing the storyline. I mean, he's rejuvenated, and, you know, he's separated from the situation with Dominic, although, you know, what's to stop Dominic from coming over to SmackDown at any point? I mean, but, um, but you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that it's going to be a good story that they're telling. Um, you know, the, the closest thing you can compare it to, even though it's not exactly the same as when Bret Hart, and Owen Hart, you know, were having a conflict and, and Owen was challenging Brett and Brett was like, you know, I'm not going to fight my brother under any circumstances. And you have Ray Mysterio basically saying almost line for line what Brett was saying back then. And it ultimately wound up being a few that lasted for a while. And I get the feeling that, you know, by the time we get to, you know, the Royal Rumble, uh, I get the feeling they're going to try to separate them until then, and then they probably wind up in the Royal Rumble with each other, and this winds up building to a big WrestleMania match between the two. So you think they're going to save Ray winning the Intercontinental for WrestleMania? Oh, he's Ray Mysterio? He's not going to win the Intercontinental title. You don't think so at all? No. Interesting. Has he ever won it? Yeah. He beat JBL for it, which is why I beat JBL doesn't particularly like him. Okay. <laughs> as, as, that's, that, that's, that's kind of what the backstory of all those things that JBL was saying because he not only beat him for the belt uh, at WrestleMania, he beat him very quickly for the belt at WrestleMania. You yeah, have to go back into my, my pea brain of my early teens, all the Kool Aid and um, now laters prevent me from remembering. But anyway, we had uh, Ronda Rousey continue to show herself as a heel. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about before we finish up here, almost little boying Braun Strowman just mushing his face, like like you in Brooklyn, like mushing faces, like you gotta talk like that, like you're from New York, like yo dog, son, I'm gonna mush your face, son. Yeah, you know I'm saying that's how New Yorkers talk. We we mush your face, son. Get out of here, son. Uh, Umos, um he's the sharpest dressed giant in all of WWE history. He's uh whoever he's he should be he should win an award for GQ Giant of the Year. 
I really do. Um, what did you think about him mushing uh, Braun Strowman's face? And he really did make Braun Strowman look small, <laughs> which is very re- hard he, to do. He did. And I mean, that's going to be pretty good. I get, you know, I, I already have a pretty good feeling of who's going to wind up, you know, winning that match. But, uh, um, I think that, uh, I, I think that it's, you know, it's, it's something that's unique. That's going to get people interested in, you know, Oh, what's going to happen here between these two? I thought it would have happened on Halloween night, but, you know, because it's the monster amongst all monsters is what they call them. So you would think that that's where they were going with that. But, hey, Crown Jewel's fine, too. So let's talk about it. Your thoughts about uh, this week's Raw and SmackDown. Did it do much for you to watch Crown Jewel? I think some of the matchups are intriguing, and I will be watching it, despite the interesting time that it comes on. But uh, I don't. Did it do it? Yeah, to, to a degree, for me personally. What about yourself? Well, let me just say, get used to get get ready for having some earlier random time shows coming up because if they do more international shows coming up next year, they're probably going to be local to the international time zone than to ours. Okay, gotta get my uh, my my uh, my my Red Bull ready to go. But what did it do? Where, where you at? How do you feel about Crown Jewel on scale of one to ten? I'm at a, I'll say seven and a half, almost an eight. I'm about eight. I saw eight. No, I'll give it eight. I'm excited about it. That that I'm right at eight. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that um, I, I think that the Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley match sells this whole thing. Yeah, especially if have just a, just a regular match. Yeah. So I that um, I think that's a match that should you know get enough people interested in in it to watch it. I mean, I, that's you know, I I don't even remember what the other matches are going to be. I don't particularly care what the other matches are going to be. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. Just like with boxing, right? You all it needs is one one match to fill the show. No question about it, and, and no doubt. That's, that's the, my one one sell it for me. In the words of Nas, all I need is one match, one fight. <laughs> but yeah, man, that'll be dope. Well, guys, it's been a great episode to to have Randall back on. Randall's been throwing content left and right on YouTube. Randall, where can they find your content for H? B C W. Well, y'all can go to HBCW Space Wrestling on YouTube. You'll be able to see this week's show. It's actually going to be posted a little bit later than normal because normally you'd be able to go and watch it because it would have come on Saturday morning. Uh, we're actually going to be releasing that Monday, Monday evening. Um, so get ready for that. It'll be out there and, uh, you know, Get to see some of your favorites out there, like Cassandra Golden, friend mm-hmm. of the podcast. Um, and, you know, Casey Lennox, uh, some other people who will be out there as well. You'll be able to see a big tag team match. And, you you know, if, you haven't, if you're not familiar with the guys out there, look, I'm going to recap everything on the show so you'll see exactly what led up to this big tag team match. And, you know, I think you'll all enjoy it. Man, guys, thanks for coming on the WWB Podcast. We're going to continue to have the best interviews we possibly can. I think I want to thank everybody in Canada, the UK, Africa, Philippines, India, Bangladesh, all over the world who are listening to our podcast. We're trying to make it better. Help us to get to a 1,000 followers. Tell a friend. Suggest a friend. Tell them. It's funny. Sometimes I curse. You got to, Go ahead. 
where else can they see this too? I mean, it's not see it, but isn't it a new place that people can start finding this content? They can find the special interviews, the one-on-one interviews on YouTube. I'm going to try to upload the specific interviews. So if you want to go to YouTube or suggest it to your friends on YouTube, if they don't want to do it on a podcast form, we'll put very specific episodes on YouTube so you guys can enjoy and have fun. We'll add a little graphics to it and uh, help us to get to 100 followers on YouTube, but on the IG streets, WWB podcast underscore let us get to a thousand. We had it. We just hit the eight hundred mark. Thank you all for letting us do that because I delete all the bots. So we got the real eight hundred. We ain't messing with no false flagging, baby. We out here with the real deal, holy field. So thank you for letting us to get to eight hundred. Now the next step is nine hundred, then a thousand, and then the world. But uh, thanks for coming on the WWB podcast. We are out. Hands up, we can feel